0: When Pastor Susan asked me uh, yesterday to, to speak tonight, my mind just began to run, uh, and, and I shared this with her today. You know, when you speak, or and I'm sure different speakers in here, when it's your turn to speak, you want to revolutionize the whole Christian world in one message. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fix everyone uh, in one message. But the reality is this. We don't need to be lifted up in pride in that. I mean, we need, to, we need to have that goal, I guess, if there's something we could say that would. That would be awesome. Uh, but we're going to preach again sometime. <laughs> There'll be some time as the Lord tarries that we're going to minister again, and we don't have to revolutionize the whole Christian world in one message. And it's not about who's up here. Amen. It's about people that just want to live out their calling that the Lord's given them. And I realize this, that no matter who is up there, up here, if the anointing is on you, that's what matters. And it's not that we gather on Wednesdays because there's no rules in the Bible about gathering on Wednesdays. It wouldn't matter if we gathered on a a Monday or a Tuesday or a Friday. Uh, Matthew 18 and 20 says that, or Jesus said that if two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be in the midst of them. So there's more than two or three of us here today, and I believe he's here. And no matter who is up here speaking, I believe he's got a word for us today, don't you? Valentine's Day or not Valentine's Day. Uh, And we're not going to hold you all night long just for the sake of holding you all night long, but if the Lord has a word for us today, don't we need to receive it? We do. All right, felt led to do a little bit of an overview, Uh, and I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7 and just hold your place there. We're going to be going there and we're also going to be going to Daniel chapter nine I'm sorry Daniel chapter five uh, if you want to be turning there uh, and as you're turning I just want to say I felt led as I was praying uh, asking the Lord and I know we got Timothy project about to start back up again and I think the the most important thing you can do when you know you're going to speak the as brother Jim would say the oracles of God <laughs> The very first, most important thing that you can do is ask God, what does he want to say? And I went into the gym, and I I just began to ask the Lord. Because, you know, you start going, oh, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? And you have to just calm yourself down and just say, Lord, what do you want to talk about? And I just kept getting a witness on the inside of me about kind of, not kind of, but doing a little bit of an overview of What we've been learning on Sunday mornings and also what we've been learning on Wednesday nights. And I really feel like the Lord has given me something here that kind of ties all that. Not that Pastor Susan was not tying those together. Well, she was. So I'm going to get trouble there. Uh, But I just want to say what the Lord has been showing me. And I'm not talking about going over every single line, every single point, every single scripture. Um, and if you haven't heard of these um, if you haven't been here for all of these or, or just for the sake of if this is going on the radio or a podcast I want to give you the title of the series that we've been doing um, on Sundays I believe I've got this title right where do I need to grow up it's been a great series Uh we had a great time Sunday morning, right off the bat, didn't we? <laughs> oh man, we beat that dead horse in office all week. <laughs> but it, you know, in that, I thought this it was funny. Obviously, it was more funny because a pastor said it rather than me or Dylan. <laughs> but you know what I gathered from that? It's fun to laugh. It's fun to have a good time. And you're a lot, you're a, you, it'll put you in a good mood to laugh and just have some fun. Uh, I'm bad, and I think maybe Pastor Tom, I heard through the uh, grapevine, uh, maybe we shared a like interest in this. Uh, if I've had a kind of a rough day, I'll go home and find the Three Stooges on YouTube. <laughs> and I will watch, and I will laugh, and there's just something good about laughing. The Bible says that a merry heart does good like a medicine, doesn't it? So if you're in a bad mood, just laugh, even if you don't feel like laughing. But anyways, uh, we we did Where Do I Need to Grow Up? We went through uh, several of those on Sunday. They've been great. Uh, On Wednesdays, we've been talking about it's different in the kingdom, uh, specifically on healing. But it is different in the kingdom. And I've been, I thought about those two as the Lord was bringing those to me as I was praying yesterday and how challenging those are and have been. And I don't mean that in a negative tone, okay? Because in the day and the time that we live in, when we hear about being challenged, immediately people are very bad. If I'm not careful, I can be bad about throwing my guard up and saying, whoa, wait a minute. I do not feel like and I do not have time to be brought into responsibility right now. Because ultimately, that is what the word does for us is it brings us into a knowledge of where we should be or where we shouldn't be. But then it's up to us whether we follow through with what that is. So I'm not saying this in a negative tone. In reality, I'm saying this in a very thankful tone that both of these series have challenged me uh, and I need to allow myself to be challenged by the word of God because I need to know where I need to grow up because it's different in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I need to know where I need to grow up because it's different in the kingdom. And I'm I'm going to use one of the titles that I did. Uh, it's been a while back the reason that we need to know where we need to grow up the, and it's different in the kingdom is because we it is imperative that we don't go through life willy-nilly. <laughs> it's important to know that we have purpose and the reason we have purpose is because God gave us a purpose. Yeah. And the way that we receive that purpose is by allowing the word to challenge me, so I can know where I need to grow up, because the kingdom is different in the fact that we don't weigh ourselves against popular opinion. We weigh ourselves against the Word of God. We need to allow the Word to and I'm going to and this is the title. It's time to get on the scales. And I know today, or maybe in the morning anyways, with all the chocolate and all the stuff that getting on the scales may not, and I have been good today. I'm just telling you right now, I have been good. And I was helping Tanya bring some of the desserts in, and I laid the last one down, and I said, I'm getting out of here before I lose control because I was ready. I saw, <laughs> I saw this on Facebook the other day. He said, now that I'm getting older and it showed, uh, you know how the Oreos come in the packages, and they're in the three lines. As I've gotten older, this is what doing a line is. And it was the whole, <laughs> it was the whole line of Oreos. So, but anyways, talk getting back on the scales, on the scale of God's word. Okay, getting on that scale, letting it weigh us out, letting it show where we really are. Um. And I'm not talking about, when I talk about not um, weighing ourselves against popular opinion, I'm not talking about just being a rebel, okay? Um, or just doing opposite or anything like that. I'm talking about being intentional on following God and His Word, following Him. Let's go to Matthew 7 if you're already there. There's a couple of verses here. I may go uh, verses 13 and 14. Uh, that I'm going to read here. There may be a few more down to verse 20. I might use here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, Jesus talking here. He said, "Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to dis- to destruction, and many there be, <clears throat> excuse me, which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate." And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There were times in my life that I used to read that, and I just immediately thought, well, we're talking about the road to hell is broad. Now, certainly, that's probably a true statement. Um, When you're talking to um, people that don't know the Lord, you know, when they talk about you know, how to you know to, if I go to hell, you know, what, what do I do to go to hell? Well, just do what you do. You'll wind up there. You don't have to try to get there. Uh, you just get there. Uh, but if you're going to make it into life, you're going to have to have purpose. But I don't believe, after doing some research, I'm not for sure this, that's exactly what Jesus was saying here. When he says, when he talked about the path that leads to life, Not just life afterwards, but even life right now. We talk a lot around here about the kingdom life. We talk a lot about where Jesus prayed uh, when he was giving the disciples the model prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth uh, as it is in heaven. That's the reason God has a will for you, not just for the afterlife, but for this life here and now. Uh, But it sounds like when we talk about, uh, read these two verses, it sounds like to find the straight path, they will need to be purposeful searching. And I'm not talking about searching as like a vagabond. I'm talking about searching as you're looking for something. You're specifically uh, looking for something. And uh, when we want to find the way that leads to life, we have to do that by weighing the fruit and this is not fun, and this, and this brings us into responsibility. I, w- I want to say this. Also, when I was praying, the consensus, it seems, around, along the religious world is this, that the, the word of faith churches is just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, just go alive, go through life and do what you want to do. That seemed to be the consensus I'm talking about from the area that I came from. And when God brought me into knowledge, what I understood that the word of faith message is a faith of discipline, yeah. and it is a it is a word that brings us into responsibility. Yeah. And and what I mean is this: the word of, as I said earlier, the word of God lays out what we should do or what we shouldn't do, but it's He leaves it up to us to follow through with making this, the decision to follow it or to reject it. Um, but the way that I can find that I, this is, I'm just going to try to really cut right to the meat of this and and not drag this out. Um, the way I find the path that leads to life is I begin weighing the fruit of my thoughts and my actions, and belief on the scales of God's word. When when Pastor a couple weeks ago, guys, when she brought that challenging word from God's word. Wasn't, it wasn't just her. It wasn't her challenging us. It was God's word challenging us. There were a few things that were said that I had to listen with my head down. Am I the only one? I'm the only one with my hand up. Okay, <laughs> Brett, he's not afraid. Josh, hey Amen. I, w- I heard, and I ha- and I'm a, I'm going to be honest and open with you. I know that sometimes being open, you can be too open, and sometimes I might be too a fault Sometimes but I left here, and I didn't make it out of the parking lot, and I called my family, and I said, I'm sorry. It hit hit me so hard, but I could say, well, now, you know, that's just, uh, that's good. That was good, and that was righteous, but, you know, I can make excuses on why we act or react the way we do, but the fact of the matter is I got to be responsible for the way I react, not what everybody else is doing. I've got to be responsible for me. Now, I'm talking about overall life. I'm not talking about one bad day, okay? So if you have a bad day, I'm not talking about, you know, it's time to get saved all over again, okay? I'm talking about if you have a bad day, people have bad days, but that doesn't mean overall that's what they are. So I don't want you to get in condemnation over that either. But I saw some things that were repetitive in my life. To anybody else, it wouldn't have been no big deal. But for me, it was. Because I want—I don't want to step on the scale of God's word and say, well, I'm just a little bit off. You know, I'm just a few pounds off. No, I want to tighten that thing up because I want to get exactly the purpose that I have and the purpose that God has for me. I want that to line up and be exactly level. Um, so let's just don't make the mistake of doing just what everybody else does and let that be the measuring stick. Let's let the word of God Uh, be our measuring stick now when i say we're doing what everybody else is doing now if their life is showing the fruit of god's word that's different okay Uh, jesus made it very clear in verses 15 through 20 he said beware of false prophets now let's look at this for a second if if there are false prophets there's got to be true prophets too right uh, but he said to beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. But what did he say? You will know them by their fruit. We And I'm not saying that I'm the only fruit inspector in the world. I need to be careful when I say that. we We do judge the fruit according to the word of God, but also understanding this, that when I just see their life, not just what they're saying but what they're doing shows it's in a reflection of really who they are by the fruit that they bear. Jesus said this in verse 17, every good tree that bringeth forth good fruit uh, or he said every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. So I'm not saying don't follow people, okay? I'm saying we need to look at the fruit in their lives before we just dive in whole hog with that. And when we find the the path to life through God, I'm going to say this through God's word, not just our own opinion, okay? But when I find it in God's word, then it's on us to follow it or to reject it, okay? So in saying that, this is where the Lord began to deal with me and personally in my life, and I feel like, uh, and we're going to read in Daniel chapter 5 in here in just a minute, but about weighing things out. And I talked earlier about weighing things according to the Word of God in my, in, in our lives. And um, I don't want to bore you with just stories in my life okay and I know I talk a lot and or I use examples about uh, nutrition working out so don't roll your eyes when I start talking about this okay so it's just this came to me and I want to share it with you uh, I have been going to the gym for several years uh, I thought I was doing what I should I thought I was eating what I should but when I would get on the scales, they kept going up. And not in a good way, you know? Because if you're, if you're lifting hard and you're eating right and the scale's going up, that's because your muscles are getting bigger. Uh, and they'll always say, well, muscle weighs more than fat. And that's true. But just because the scale goes up doesn't mean I'm gaining muscle. I like, you know, and that's what they'll say, well, that's probably just some muscle gain, not 10 pounds in a week. I wish, I wish. But when we, when we talk about weighing things out, and I, I thought to myself, There's, I'm doing something wrong. Well, I, I mean, my lightning fast mind, Billy, finally figured out that I was doing something wrong. And you know how it is for guys, uh, maybe for women too. Uh, you go to YouTube and you start searching. Now, there's a plethora of do this, do that, especially when it comes to weightlifting and diet. Everybody's got an opinion, and it's like, man, who is right? Well, the fruit. Look at the fruit. The fruit doesn't lie. So I found this guy, and he said, there is no way that you are going to guesstimate in your mind of the amount of food that you're eating, whether it's correct or not, you have to begin to weigh your food. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, you got to weigh your food? Well, the reason you got to weigh your food, I found this out. You may think that you are eating a certain amount, but when you put that food on the scale, you find out you were eating way more than you were. See, in your mind, you thought... But when you begin to weigh it, you found out it was off. I want to relate this a little bit. It, that's why I've talked about this several times in, the it seems like, the last three messages about reading your Bible and praying and going to church and coming to Bible study. The reason that you need to do that is because it is going to be important to you to consistently weigh your life against the Word of God to find out whether what you think you might be doing, when I read the Word of God, I can see it ain't measuring up. And it's not so just that I can be wrong. It's so that I can be in line with what His Word says I'm supposed to be or what I'm not supposed to be. And it's not just about doing right and doing wrong. It's about also fulfilling your purpose. It's also about fulfilling that calling in your life as well because you can't move on into these graduated things when you don't have the basic things down first. It just doesn't happen that way. There's a lot of people that feel called to preach, and they very well may be, but you need to know what the Bible says. I mean, I'm I'm not... (laughs) it's, It's imperative that you have some knowledge of the Word of God. You may want... It may seem... This may look glamorous, but let me tell you something, sometimes it's not what it's all cracked up to be. But I want to say this as well, and I'm just saying you can't go into these graduated things when you don't have a basic foundation underneath you. And that's why whenever I thought to myself, of course, what the Lord dealt with me on was you'll weigh yourself and your food, but you won't weigh yourself when Pastor Susan says, come on you got to weigh yourself because you need to know. One thing I thought, I, I thought I was going and I was lifting, and I thought, you know, the rule is typically minute and a half, two minutes between sets. And in my mind, I thought, I'm doing that. But when I turned on my timer, uh-uh. Long time talking, you know, about everything to someone, you know, and you realize, at the end of the day, it was like, I don't even know, why did I even come down here? All I did was talk. I told a the guy, there's a big difference between going to the gym and doing something when you get there. That's kind of like going to work. There's a big difference between going to work and doing something when you get there. Oof. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is this, in a nutshell. We don't need to think, we need to know. And so we do that by measuring our life against, when I say against, on the word of God. We, that's how we do that. In my mind, like I said, I thought I was doing one thing, but when I waited out and I timed it, I wasn't doing what I thought I was. And when I started doing that, you want to know that one of the very first signs that I was eating right? I started getting hungry again. And when I put it on the scale, I thought, this banana and peanut butter is great. This is good for you. Uh, One, not five, with how many scoops of peanut butter. Oh, peanut butter's good for you. (laughs) Well, maybe a scoop, but not the, my wife ain't in here, but she would find that, I'm not lying, she would find the deals at Kroger's because I was going through so much peanut butter a week. Cause in my mind, somebody told me peanut butter's good for you. <laughs> well, it tasted good, so I took their word for it, Kyle. You know, I was, But when I began to weigh it, and I began to look. The fruit wasn't showing, and so I had to scale back and bring myself into responsibility. And this is not a a, a stab. Because, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, in-depth Bible study, these people are students of the Word. But we don't need to pretend that there may be some people here today that don't need to hear this. Or on the radio, or on a podcast, or somewhere down the line. And I'm not saying that to belittle anyone. I'm saying when you bring yourself into check, then you will start seeing results. I found that when I began to start timing myself, I have been so sore. And I thought it's because I was my body was getting used to it, you know, and I was getting superior in the gym, you know. And I realized that was not the case. Uh, waking myself up in, in the middle of the night, moaning when I rolled over, and I thought, I just thought... And I thought in my mind, I was doing this. But when I measured myself and I timed myself, I wasn't doing. Um, Don't get into condemnation. Just fix it. Just fix it. This is not here just to tell everybody how bad they are and how awful they are. And how they're failing in this area and that area. It's just when we weigh ourselves on the word of God and things aren't right, fix it adjustments. I made some adjustments and I've lost six pounds. But I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm saying this, if I wouldn't have made the adjustments and I would have just went by my thinking, the scale would have kept going up and I'd have been, what's going on? But I had to get down and bring myself into the responsibility. And when we begin to dive into God's word and we begin to see those things that maybe are not uh, pleasant to the flesh. If we will go ahead and follow through with that, we will begin to see the changes in our life. It's not, I'm, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news. There are going to be days it is not fun. There are going to be days like today that it's challenging To not want to grab all the treats that are laying everywhere and just go on a binge. So I want to tell you, when you begin to line yourself up against the word of God, there's going to be some chiseling away. But if you will allow it, it will bring you into the life that you're looking for. And the purpose that you're looking for. Let's go to Daniel chapter 5. You know, I told myself today, I'm not going to preach long tonight and here we are. (laughs) 735. She pastor tried to tell me. But if we learn something tonight, would it be worth our time? I believe it was. So Daniel chapter 5, I'm going to do my best to paraphrase this, okay? But we're going to get to verse 17, and then we're going to start reading. Uh, The story of Belshazzar, uh, he was Nebuchadnezzar's son. Y'all remember about Nebuchadnezzar, the one that defiled, or he didn't respect God and honor God, so God turned him into a wild beast, and... He was out and lost his mind and lost his kingdom and everything. Well, Be- Belshazzar, his son, uh, when he was the king, he had decided he was going to throw this huge party. And for all of his lords, there was a 1,000 of them there. And and Bible says in verse 2 that while he tasted the wine, he commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which was his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. And about that time... There was this hand that came out of nowhere and began to write on the wall. And if you read here, just trying to paraphrase, it says that the that his joints and his loins become loosed and that his knees smote together. That means that his knees were knocking. Now, rightfully so. <laughs> if I was sitting here and I saw that hand writing on the wall, I, my knees would be knocking too. Um. And he began to become very upset, obviously, and he began to say, Who can interpret this for me? I'm paraphrasing here, so if you wonder, I'm not reading any certain version if you're trying to find it. But he was trying to find who could explain this. And his wife came in and she said, Don't be troubled. I remember, and I think they called him Belteshazzar, but it was Daniel. And he said he, he can tell he, the, the fortunes and he, can, he has the mind and wisdom that he can, he can do all these things and, and, and solve riddles and solve puzzles and, and all these mysteries. So he brought him in there. And Daniel began to speak to him. And let's, go, let's start in verse 17. It said, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all the people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him whom he would, whom he, would he slew and whom he would keep alive and whom he would he set up and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. Now, I want you to mark this verse 22 because there, there's a powerful statement here that, that the writer Daniel said. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knowest all this. He, knew, he saw this. He watched this happen. He said, Daniel said, But hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, And whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified? Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. And I'm going to give this a good old Arkansas stab here. (laughs) Many, many, take hell you farsen. This is the interpretation of the thing. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. And he said this, thou art weighed in the balances. And found wanting. Thy kingdom is divided, given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about three score and two years old. When we read this, I was I was thinking about scales and weighing, and it does it shouldn't surprise us that the Holy Spirit bring. I haven't read the book of Daniel. I wish I could tell you when the last time I read it. I don't know. But when Daniel was explained, it wasn't like what what the Lord showed me. It wasn't that Belshazzar did this stuff out of ignorance. He knew. Daniel told him in verse 22, he said, "Thou, Though thou knowest all this, and you did it anyways. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like he didn't know. He knew. And it would have, I believe it would have been different if Belshazzar was ignorant of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But he knew better. Because he had seen it happen to his dad. And even worse, happened to him. He lost his life. And if you look at the word in verse 27, when he said, Thou art weighed in the balances and are found wanting, that word wanting there means deficient. And what he was saying there was, You've been weighed in the balances and you've been found deficient. As I said earlier about the weighing, sometimes we weigh ourselves, and what we do is we find ourselves in a deficiency one way or the other. If we're not careful and we're not doing what we know, what we know, we should be doing right. Yes. <clears throat> so as I said earlier, it was it wasn't that Belshazzar was ignorant; he knew what he was doing. When we come into knowledge of God's word and refuse to change, when we step on the scales of God's word, we will find ourselves wanting, and we were fi- we will find ourselves. In a deficiency. Now, I want to say this. I am thankful that we live in the dispensation of grace. Because I know if if you're (laughs) I wanted to read that, I didn't want you to get all tied on me, okay? Because I believe in grace. I believe that if a man makes a mistake, and it's an honest mistake, that God's not throwing people out of heaven over honest mistakes. He understands we're human partly human. He understands that we deal with things sometimes and sometimes we make mistakes. But I'm also thankful this, that the grace of God still covers my sin today and it'll cover me if I sin tomorrow. But I'm not going to wake up with this thought, what can I get away with? Why? Because we're trying to find, I mean, you can live that way if you want to, but you're going to be in a deficiency. You have to bring yourself into the knowledge of God's word and weigh yourself against the word of God to find the purpose that we're all looking for. So when we read this account, it makes me so thankful that we do live in the dispensation of grace. But James 4 and 17 says this, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I didn't write that. Romans 6 and 1, Paul said this, What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, now let me clarify what I'm trying to say here very quickly. I'm not talking about we know not to commit adultery. We know not to uh, do a lot of bad things. I don't want to go down through the list. But when God brings us into knowledge of what's keeping us from furthering ourselves in the kingdom of God. I don't care if that's what I'm watching on TV. I don't care if that's what uh, music I'm listening to or or the thoughts or things. I want to bring all of that and say, Father, I'm going to bring all this and lay it on the scale of your word. And I want to weigh it out and I want to know the truth. Is this hindering me from following into that destiny and that purpose that you have for me? Because it doesn't. everybody else may tell you, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody does that. I'm not wanting to live like everybody else. I don't want to have the same outcome as everybody else just because it's normal. God gives me purpose. God gives you purpose. And he puts that drive on the inside of you. That's why we bring our whole life and we lay it on the scale of God's word because he will show us the areas, what we need to trim off, what we need to add to, so that we can begin to walk in that destiny that he has for us. If we can't be obedient in the small things like that, how are we going to be obedient when he tells us to go to Africa? We have to lay ourselves on the word of God and let it weigh out our life and if the fruit of your life isn't showing lay yourself on God's word and begin to say father show me and I promise you right now God will not hesitate (laughs) on bringing things to you inside his word but it's going to take appealing away and I know this is not what people want to hear the same way people don't want to hear to go down to the gym at 6 a.m. and lift weights that don't sound like fun But if you have a goal, you've got to be committed and devoted to that. If you want to see what you want to see, I can lay on the couch and say, well, that's what everybody else does. But when I look like I lay on the couch, that's not getting me to my purpose. I have to be devoted to what he is telling me what I know to do. And also inside this word, when I read these things, I don't want to say, well, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to know all about God, but I don't want to do that. Uh, when we, I, I know this is not popular, and I know it's not. Faith does come by hearing, but faith is released by doing. God, when we hear God's word and He puts that seed on it, I've got to do something with that seed. There's something that I have to do with that because it's not just going to magically appear. And I'm not talking about just like sweat off your brow. I'm talking about, Lord, when you bring me to something, as Pastor did, bringing all this back into into focus here... When we go to Titus chapter 2 and the word of God begins to challenge us, we need to step in and say, I know this is going to be hard. I understand this is going to go against my flesh, but I want to get to where I'm respectable in my home, that my kids want to be around me, that, I'm a, that I bring them to the house of God no matter what. That's why, Kyle, I, I just so appreciate your stand that no matter what, you're coming to the house of God. We need more men like Kyle that will stand up and say, y'all go do what you want to do. I love you and I wish I could be there, but I'm going to God's house. Those are the commitment. I'm not saying don't go watch your kids play ball from time to time, but I'm saying this, have that commitment. I'm going to follow through with this. I've got somewhere I'm trying to get, and it may cause me a moment of displeasure, but in the long run, this is going to bring my family to the Lord. Grace is here to grow, not to remain stagnant. I do not want to be stagnant. I want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say it this way. Maybe this is a nicer way. Don't be afraid to get on the scale. Don't be afraid. God will work with you. He's not just there to show you where you are wrong. He's there to help you. He's our father. And just like hopefully our earthly dads when we have a situation and we can go to them. I remember my former pastor would always say this and he would say it about his sons. I may not like what you do, but come home. We may have a problem, but if you're in trouble, come home and we'll take care of it. And I believe that's what God would say to us. Sometimes our life, things may not be going right and things might be wrong, but come home and we'll take care of it. Amen. Amen.